and just like that, they buy it. They eat it up. You pander to them, you thank them. I mean, really, people, I thought you were a little bit smarter than that. I mean, it's just so easy wow. to say the name of the city. You cheer. Hey, oh, Stephanie, Stephanie, you just cheer. I just, mean, just come on. Welcome to the A Show. and welcome back to the A Show. I am your host, Justin, with meals. I'm currently outside. It's a beautiful day in California. I decided to, to do this episode on location on my, my secret nook. Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with that. Um, live on location. I'm also in a different location than I would normally be. Uh, I'm in... Actually, this is a very familiar location. I'm in the studio where we used to record the A Show, so... Um, yeah. We, Very we are, happy. It's been like a, a like a crazy up and down week for both of us. Yeah, it's a, it's been a lot, but you know what? Um, still glad we get to bring the art. Still glad. Why am I saying the art? This is not the, the Bodega Boys podcast. Um, but I just you know, their brand, our brand. Either way, the A Show's <laughs> back. Episode eighty six. We're Ooh. here. Um, 14 more episodes till 100, man. We have not talked about that. That's okay. That's okay. We have 14 more weeks. What are we, what are we stressing about? 14 more weeks. We just make something up on the fly and it'll be incredible. Yeah, that's how we did it for 50, right? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. That's how we did for 50. That's how we did for 52. That's how we do it for everything moving forward. But we want to thank you guys for continuing to support RNC Radio this entire week, especially last week during the RNC Decade Week. Um, we got a lot of support. We got a lot of comments. We got a lot of, you know, um, opinions and various things from the last week. So we do appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, make sure you continue to subscribe and share this podcast as well as the call up, as well as spot callers, as well as everything on the RNC radio network. And yeah, stay subscribed. We got a lot more cool things coming up within the next year or so. So make sure you stay tuned, stay subscribed and just stay ready for anything that could happen. Yes, it's, I mean, we're, we're, I mean, I, the engagement and the people that were just really excited about everything that we did last week was just really exciting. And uh, I, I got to say, like, just within the past year, just building this brand, like, I'm very, very proud and happy of everybody that, that's a part of this. Um, I mean, this started from a wrestling show. You know, it started it's, from this show. Yeah, I <laughs> and, mean, and it's, it's just grown, you know? It's just grown. But while, yes, you, I'm sure you guys did not come to hear us gloat about our own podcasting network. You came for us to talk to Graps. And this week, not a lot of things happened. I'll say not, not a lot of things. Not a lot of things. We're in the, we're in what you call the summer slump. We're in the summer slump. I said this before we, we went live. Mills is like, I am not naming the episode summer slump. But I, I mean, I, realistically, like, honestly, that's how I feel about wrestling right now. It's just a big slump period before it, we get to like the, the big things in the fall. But it's you know what sucks? There's like a lot of major slump periods. And yeah. and really the only months that are hot in professional wrestling kind of seems like January, February, March, April, July, 
and that's probably where it ends, honestly. <laughs> yeah, that, it's true. Like we're we're coming into, and I mean, I asked you this last week. I was like, "What the fuck does SummerSlam look like right now?" Like watching these shows, I have no clue what the what the SummerSlam card would even look like right now. What would well, even excite me? Well, I I can't tell you what the SummerSlam card looks like, but we can sure tell you what the hell happened last Friday on WWE Super Showdown, um, live from Saudi Arabia, the debacle in the. In the Middle East, I don't know what to say. <laughs> the Jetta, <laughs> I don't know what to say either. The the um, the jobbers in the Jetta, something like that. I don't know. It's something crazy because the ruin in the sand dunes. <laughs> we'll figure it out. I mean, we're two smart gentlemen. But either way, um, Super Showdown. What a card! Not, yeah, what a card! Uh, I heard it was terrible. I only watched one match, which I it believe- wasn't terrible. It was just not that great. <laughs> it's a house show, and you know I watched one match. I think, and I watched that one match four times because it's only eight minutes. It's a great match. All right, so all right, so we gotta first of all, all right, so maybe run through the rest of the card real quick. Um, I'll run what through. What happened? It. Like nothing really happened. No, like, I mean this is uh, this is standard. The only thing, okay. So the only thing storyline initiated that kind of happened was that Shane McMahon defeated Roman Reigns, which was against our predictions. It's completely something different that happened. Um, I guess Shane McMahon is undefeated in Saudi Arabia. I mean, <laughs> really, though. Really, though. Like, really. Our hometown advantage almost at this point. Um, we had Seth Rollins defeat Baron Corbin, and then they announced that they're going to have a rematch. Um Brock Lesnar attempted to cash in, failed to do so, actually got beat the hell out of by Seth Rollins. Um, Finn Balor had a great match with Andrade. If there's any match on this card that I you you would probably watch, it's definitely Finn Balor versus Andrade. It was yeah. a really, really back-and-forth match between the Demon and Andrade. Um, also, our thoughts to Andrade and what he's going through with his family right now. His mother passed away a few days ago. Um, yeah, our thoughts and prayers to Andrade and his family. Yeah, ter- terrible news uh, happened, I guess, right when they touched back down in the United States that, you know, as he found out that his mother passed away, uh, just a terrible thing that happened. Andrade is such a great talent. And uh, just, just you know, no words could could express how terrible that, that has to, to feel. So, uh, yeah, our, our thoughts and prayers go out to his family. Um, Lars Sullivan was defeated by Lucha House Party via disqualification. No one saw We're that whipping, coming. Whipping, new, whipping too much ass. Whipping too much ass. Um Randy Orton defeated Triple H in by far the longest match on the card by by an insane amount. <laughs> like this like is 15 the minutes or something. yeah, this is a twenty five minute match. Um, I heard it was good, but you know, it's like the match they've always wanted to have is what I've got the gist of it from it. Um, I didn't have time to watch it because I think I was recording the lookout during this. Um. But it's the, it, a lot of people are saying this is the match that they have always wanted to have and probably one of the best matches that they've ever had together. So that was interesting. And then they kind of brought the crowd back down with Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. Braun Strowman wins. Um, Kofi Kingston defeats Dolph Ziggler, who didn't see that coming. Um, the 50-man battle royal, which was... I, a, I wouldn't have watched that. I wouldn't have watched that at all. No, I mean, I originally thought it was going to be the Royal Rumble again. No, it was a 50-person battle royal. Everyone, all 50 men in the ring at the same time. Oh. Uh, so it ended pretty quickly, actually. It probably ended within, like, seven or eight minutes. Um, okay. uh, Mansoor. Um, I don't know if you know who Mansoor is. He's a de- developmental talent from Saudi Arabia. 
Yeah, um, they, they play him up. They play him up on a lot of like India focused uh, WWE stuff. Uh, he's currently in NXT. I believe he had an NXT match uh, two or three weeks ago, and he and he won the match. Yeah, I mean, so he, you know. He won this entire battle royal featuring very capable talent. I mean, all the all the peeps were in there. There was the Rusevs, the Nakamuras, the Luke Gallows, the Carl Andersons, the Jinder Mahals, the Oni Lorkins, the Cedric Alexanders, Chad Gables, the Miz was in there, Titus O'Neil, um, Monsoor won. Yeah, actually, it was a fifty. <laughs> it was a fifty-one man battle royal. My God! All right, they added him last minute, of course. Um, but we have to talk about the main event. It is the most hyped main event that we've ever got for a Saudi Arabia show. It, it was a dream match by some stretch of the imagination. It was The Undertaker versus Goldberg. You say no. you've watched this match four times. I've watched it three. It's actually a great match to go back and look. <laughs> Listen, this is the best worst match I've ever seen in my life. It's like, just looking at the under. And the thing is, like, I know I, I said that I wanted to like rewatch it. We have to rewatch this on the show one day. For sure. Yeah, I'm, but um. I, I think that, like, look at The Undertaker's face through the whole eight minutes entirety of this match. He's, he is literally not only mad, like, that he has to do this, but increasingly more mad every time Goldberg fucks up. <laughs> so, you know, everyone obviously shitted on this match from fans to just Matt Riddle to, you know, everybody under the sun is just like, oh, my God, this is such a debacle. I want to do I, I want to do this in defense of Bill Goldberg and the Undertaker. And No, how about we just do in defense of like we just do in defense of, of Bill Goldberg. I think Undertaker was actually fine here. I think Undertaker No, no, no. I, I I agree. I think they both received a large amount of slack. I mean, I think Goldberg Goldberg obviously did. The man knocked himself out 3 minutes into the match. Um <laughs> which yes, funny. And then Undertaker also, at his age, people are just like, you know, crapping on him because of his age. But I'd like to say that both of them did pretty, pretty well, considering the fact that, like, first of all, they're both in their mid-50s. They're in their um, mid-50s. It's I, a three-hour show, and they've been waiting in 100-degree weather to wrestle. Yeah, it, it was hot already. Uh, Goldberg looked to be winded within the first minute or so of the match. Mm-hmm. I know that they had all of these these planned spots. Like, I would have really popped if they did actually do the under the the Goldberg under uh tombstone spot which they I guess they wanted to do and that just looked just terrible right but I mean the first two or three minutes of this fucking match before the 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 the, the post spot was really good it was when really good there, man like I was I was up in my seat like okay so so how is this and I was like oh 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 that that happens to be it honest with to be honest with you if this match happened in America I think um there would be a lot more reaction towards it because just Goldberg hits those first two spears, tries to go for a count, doesn't win the match, and Undertaker sits up. That's incredible. This is it's, I love that spot. thus far it's living up to the dream match that it was because it incorporates all the elements that we love from Goldberg. Goldberg is a guy who loves to spear. Undertaker is someone who fears no one and sits up every time he's been damaged. It, it, yeah. It's going well so far. Like, but when you you know, at some point in this match, and it's very early into this match, Goldberg um, tries to Knocks go for out. yeah. He tries to go for you know a, a shoulder tackle or spear in the corner, rams himself straight into the ring post. Like oh my god! And it's crazy because Goldberg is like one of the most like notably. I don't know. If, would you call it clumsy? 
I'd say it's clumsy with style. I think a lot of the things that he does is very clumsy, but it's really stylish. I think that in this match in particular, he wanted to go so hard. Yeah. Like it was 97 again. Like you think about when he bust that window open in WCW with that they did not cover for him, you know, correctly for. But it's like this is the type of guy that will harm himself for the good of the match. Right. And I know like people feel two ways about how he goes about, you know, uh, wrestling and in, in his style, but I, I I gotta say, like again, in defense of it, he, he does really. He was trying to give people a show, like he regardless won- of what was going on. <laughs> I kept thinking back to the Goldberg the twenty four documentary that they did with him, and just how excited he was to wrestle, and excited he was to wrestle in front of his family, and excited to be that superhero for fans again. Because really, he came back for the fans. He didn't come back to sort of um, get another check or anything like that. He came back for his family. He came back for the fans. Um, He realized that maybe for a long time he's been holding out, and it wasn't the best for his career, and maybe that's not how he wants to end. It's kind of being like a bitter old guy. So what he wants to do is deliver the best matches possible, and you know, we talk about a match, Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania is one of the all-time great, you know, short matches. Match. It's a I great match. match. It's a it, great it match. Was, it had everything. It had drama. It had athleticism. It had Goldberg, you know, giving everything that he had, but it just was not enough for Brock Lesnar, who, right. who, had, scout, who had scouted him, essentially, you know. And, and I love that these two, they didn't have any of that. This was like a fight. And I think that's what's so crazy about it is that it was it was like a botch fest, but it almost looked like for real a fight. Right. <laughs> Both of them were fighting each other. Um, I mean, there isn't really much to the match after the that spot. I mean, they, they fuck he gets up the, busted open pretty badly. Yeah, they, they fuck up the tombstone spot, which he still tries to go through with. And I don't know why Taker thought that that was OK to even try and let him do. Well, at all. The so the, the first initial tombstone, um, Goldberg gets dropped on his head. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily that he actually I don't want to say he got dropped on his head because I do believe that Undertaker executed it perfectly. I think Goldberg kind of was like a little bit loopy and he may have let go before he was supposed to let go. And thus far he fell straight on his head. After Uh, he kicks out after he kicks out of the tombstone, Taker's face is so sullen and irritated that I was like I'm just laughing every single time after that. I laugh. I'm weak. It was so funny. I'm watching this on, I was watching on mute live as I'm recording the lookout and I could not stop laughing because his Undertaker's face told the entire story. Undertaker's face told the story of an old man who was forced to wrestle, forced to fly out 18 hours to Saudi Arabia. Listen, 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 fuck that. He wasn't forced. He was, he, he, he was booked for this show. Thank you. He wasn't forced. He wanted to do that shit. He pulled out of all of those fucking bookings because he needed a check. Because somehow this old motherfucker did not save all his money, bruh. You sure? I heard t- Taker's been good with his money. Has he? Why, That's is he what asking I... ba- why is he asking Bad Bunny to do those shows in Puerto Rico? I'm, I don't know, man. Maybe he's a Bad Bunny fan. Maybe it's a. <laughs> maybe it's just, yeah. you know, he's a fan. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, God, that tombstone. I'm watching it again right now <laughs> um, for the fourth time. Um, but it's a, you know, his face tells us someone, there's a lot of variables that go into this hot, sweaty, Saudi old. Arabia, old, a lot of different things. And maybe the right thing was, and and we had, you know, we, I've, we've had on this podcast in the last month as this match was announced, we've had Jeff, um, Jeff J who said that maybe these guys were, you know, 
too old to be in this match. We had Stack Eye Greg also echoed that sentiment. Um, is this a case of like we told you so, or is it just a case of like just something went wrong in the match and it shouldn't be a, really faulted for it? I can't say I told you so to this. Like, I feel like, the, again, the variable is that Goldberg locked himself out in the match. I think that if they were allowed to do everything as it was, this would have been a lot better than we thought it was going to be, honestly. Like, I could see the makings of a good match because you see it in the first two minutes. Oh, know? yeah. Yeah. Like, I think I think this might have, you know, as opposed to three, because, I mean, you know, the first choke slam, Goldberg's just kind of just waiting on the, the rope. And Taker's looking at him like, come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> and, and, and Goldberg's just on the rope because he's knocked himself out. I think that that, like, I think this match went eight, but was supposed to go four, to be honest. Like, it, was, it wasn't supposed to be that long. And no, I think I... If, it, it, if it had gone, like, the allotted four or five minutes, I think that it, it would have been the perfect length. Um, I, I think that, like, honestly, I would have liked for Goldberg to go over here. I would have liked for Goldberg to go over. I think the wrong guy won. Mm. I, I don't you know what I did I wouldn't have mind either one. I felt like if Goldberg won they would have done another match um if Undertaker wins oh my god the Goldberg the the jackhammer where he brain busters him oh my god yeah oh, <laughs> what yeah. was that about why was uh why was that still allowed yeah, um, exactly there was no way he was ever gonna get that <laughs> motherfucker up for a jackhammer at all ever um it's just crazy. You know what? All right. So I pose the question to you. Would you want to see another match between these? Two? Uh, Under different Survivor circumstances. Series. Survivor Series? Yeah. Yeah, I would. I would. Survivor Series. They're in a ne- nice air-conditioned building. Uh-huh. Um, some nice Chicago, food. Chicago, right? Is it Chicago? Yeah, I mean, yeah. 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 I mean, it's the best. I would love to see it. I would love to see another match between these two. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I. I, I really would. I. People are gonna complain. People are gonna whine and complain. I don't give a shit. I would like to see another match between these two. I would love I to see them there, do it over. Yeah. I, I. I think that there was again. I. You agree with me? Like there is a. There is a. There was a skeleton of a good match here. They just weren't able to execute it because they need to stop having Goldberg do that post spot. You know. But if they can get him to, to come back and they can do the match that they wanted to do here. I would absolutely love to see it. I think they could do it. I think they could pull it off. But I, but from the look of Undertaker's face at, at the end of it, he just looks fucking done. <laughs> My man is like, like <laughs> I am so hot right now. Like, yo, bro. What was he saying? Did you catch what he was saying at the end? Like, he was talking to someone or saying something to the crowd. <laughs> Next, right? Fuck this shit. <laughs> Fuck, this, fuck this shit. Showdown, right? Yeah, I, wait three, I wait three hours for this. <laughs> he was screaming a racial epithet. Oh my it. god! No, no. Yeah. Let's not put that on Undertaker. Um, uh, he, uh, he he likes the fucking photos on Instagram. I'm not put. I'm not putting anything on him that he doesn't put on himself. Okay. All right. All right. Just saying. Just saying. Um, that was Super Showdown. Um, another bit of news that came out from Super Showdown. So last week we reported right before they went out that Alexa Bliss and Natalia um, flew out to Super Showdown with them, potentially you know with a match in mind. Now, they did not have this match, but just um, actually, I think it was earlier today, Stephanie McMahon at a Celebrating Women in Sports luncheon said that the WWE will be um, part of, you know, the, the, the something with women in the future in Saudi Arabia, and it will be in the near future. Um, how do you feel about that? Weirdly enough, like... Not weirdly enough, but the, uh, it seems like WWE is trying their best to get women 
matches in Saudi Arabia when they go to these shows. I mean, they're going to have these shows for the next nine years. Um, I, th- it, I I think that, you know, the, the biggest thing is, like, you know, a lot of people are saying, like, yeah, they're, you know, they can do that, but, you know, you know, homosexual people still can't go over there. You know, they'll still have to, you know, they still have to go through the rules of what they go through out there. And it's baby steps. You know, I don't think either of us agree with what's going on there. And mm-hmm. the, the uh, you know, the... The, the partnership in itself is just very like slimy, you know, it, it is like, right. There's no doubt about it. You know, I think it, it's, it's right up there with, you know, all types of co- companies and corporations that do shit like this every single day. Um, but I think that, you know, it's baby steps as far as getting women there. I, I don't think this, this ends the conversation at all. It, it won't, but I do think that it makes them at least it, it's another PR point for them essentially. And I, that's all, that's really all I see it as. You know, I think they're really trying to get women to wrestle over there. Um, it's weirdly enough, Renee Young got backlash on Twitter. Um, yeah, I saw that. It was weird. That was very weird. That was weird because it was like, oh, Renee Young gets backlash for, you know, being, and then she, from the, what was it, the police or something? Yeah. Um, and then she disputed, she refuted those rumors, and then people still attacked her anyway. It was just like, um, no, so the rumor was Renee Young got yelled at by religious police during WWE Super Showdown. Renee Young refutes that, says, yeah, that definitely never happened. But while we were there, we were treated with respect. And pretty much people come in and just saying, it's just like, yo, why are you still supporting this? Like, why are you still going to this? It's just like, it's crazy. Um, and I know that's not all the people that comment under it, but the fact that the, the fact of the matter is it's baby steps. And I think while... It is a massive PR point for them to sort of get women over there and be in charge and be at the forefront of that type of thing as well. I do think they want to do this for the people who are at the show. I mean, I think one thing that we can look at, especially us being in America and looking out over there where they get one show, maybe two shows a year. Probably I I don't remember now, but they hadn't been there ever before, before last year. And just seeing the fans and seeing them being able to enjoy the show and they played a lot of clips of those fans enjoying the show and having their comments and kids and things like that. It's like, it's real. Like, you know, at the end of the day, this is kind of what we do it for, right? Like beyond the, um, beyond the political sort of, um, the political side of this, at the end of the day, they're just trying to, they're accomplishing what they're sending out to do by putting these smiles on these kids' faces and these fans' faces. And they're getting to see their superstars close up and being able to touch them, being able to get autographs I mean, and all this other crap. Wrestling is for everyone, right? That's, that's, <laughs> that's what they say, right? Right. Wrestling, you, can't, you can't say wrestling is for everyone except them. Right. You know? like, <laughs> wrestling is for everyone. I mean, they, they got kids and, and innocence over there like everybody else. So it's like, but, but again, it's like people expecting WWE to change the government there is just really off base. But it's like, you know, they signed this deal. They, they got to live with this deal. They can't pull out of it. And we're, we're going to get another one of these shows in what, November? So, yeah. I mean, just, just strap in. It's like, is, are we going to have this conversation every single time? You know, it's like, how many times are you going to have this conversation, bro? Right. We know. We know. We're going to be coming up on the fourth show pretty soon. So what are you going to do? Um... Let's see. We got a we got a we got a, um, a congratulations in order. Chad Gable made an <laughs> made an appearance on. Yeah, it's a it's a congratulation. He's made it out of the slums and he's now back on television. He was on television twice this week. 
I mean, I think it's a congratulations, especially considering that he apparently had a great match against Jack Gallagher on 205 Live. Um, Chad Gable on 205 Live. I don't know. They haven't officially done the thing where, um, what's his face? Drake Maverick has announced that we have signed Chad Gable to 205 Live. But is that something you'd be interested in for Chad Gable? Or would you rather him just continue to figure himself out on the main roster? Um. I mean, we've been saying this for a while, you know, like I think a lot of people have been saying this has been rumored. I think we've even said it on this show that that's a, that's a great place for him. And I haven't saw the match with, with, uh, with him and Jack Gallagher from the show this week, right. but it seems to me that it's, it's been a, it's been a slam dunk. You know, I, I think it's the same, the, the same deal with Buddy Murphy. It's like you put people who've been forgotten there and then they, they do their fucking best. And, you know, I, I can't speak to everything about the guys like Cedric and uh, Buddy who've been called up now. But, I mean, you look at Ali, who's a success story in, in himself, who, yeah. you know, how he's managed to um, really break through and, and not be considered a cruiserweight on the main shows anymore. I think that Chad Gable, that's a perfect place for him. Um, if he decides to leave, who knows? But I think there, like, I see cruiserweight champion in his future immediately. I you think know. He, adds a, he adds a new style to that show that um, people like previously only Gulak had on the show. It was like a grapple, like right. a grapple intensive type guy. And I think, I mean, I want to see Gulak and Gable, bro. That's what I want to see right now. I feel like considering this, we're going to see as another side of Chad Gable that I think we've only seen flashes of, um, that he's a very competent in-ring wrestler. He has this unique sort of collegiate wrestling style. Um, but we haven't really seen it on the main roster because usually when everything starts going, he either gets put in a tag team or he gets pulled off, you know, you know, just the matches and things like that. So I'm interested in see kind of where he can go with this. Um, I'm wondering if they're going to continue to populate the 205 Live roster. It seems like they're doing a lot of, you know, 205 Live kind of showing up on a couple of shows. Maybe it's just for the 24-7 title. Who knows? Um, but I'm interested if they continue to populate the, the the 205 Live roster. It'll be interesting to see. They need to. Because remember, we said they only had like eight people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really is. They've <laughs> all been number one. Con- yeah, they've all been number one contenders at this point. Um <laughs> Each month, it's a number one contender match. I, I I don't disagree with it, but it is what it is. I mean, they they had one on the same exact show that he like debuted on too. So there you go. Um, I don't know if I want to touch on this Becky Lynch and Edge and Beth Phoenix crap. Becky Lynch continues. It, it she continues to do, and it's all you know. It's all kayfabe. And there was an interesting kind of tidbit that Ric Flair had to call Edge to see if it was you know a shoot or not. Um which is hilarious, but... Yeah, because it's, I mean, it's it's very see-through if it is, and it's like... But it's also kind of tacky if it... <laughs> if it isn't, yeah, it's like, I, there's like a list of, of women in the back that I feel as though old Becky... Some receipts, hands. yeah. Yeah, it's... like, <laughs> there's no reason why she has to go so hard on non-active competitors, on people that aren't on TV, instead of, like, like I love that Edge kept bringing up the the WrestleMania thing because I think I said at that time like she was the worst she was the worst performer in that match to me right she was terrible and she she would not bring it up like she kept overlooking it I was like oh yeah I had to sing a little bit huh? it's uh you know Becky Lynch on the tweets not fully a fan I kind of choose to ignore it um it's a little bit too much like if it happened every so often I get it we I mean. Considering it's been happening since her character started, which was pretty much almost one year ago, um, it's a little much. 
maybe we tone it down. Maybe we pull it back. Maybe we mind our business. Maybe we, you know, worry about their own relationship as opposed to someone else's relationship. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, you know, it's a little bit too much. That's all I'll say about yeah. that. Um, boom, boom, boom. Um, speaking of tweets. More shout- tweets? Ah, Cardi B. Cardi B. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was dope. I, I got to say, like, I think that it would be a, a major, major uh, disadvantage or a major, like, missed opportunity if WWE does not get her to do something for them, whether it be in Toronto for SummerSlam, Chicago for Survivor Series, or Royal Rumble or something like that. Like, she has said on many different occasions that she's been a fan of, of wrestling, period. And I think that, like, for them to, like, go through it, like, even, like they're fans of hers on the roster. Like, like Renee Young is a huge fan of Cardi B. Yeah, all of the women on the all Renee all the Young, Dana Brooke, Carmella, Naomi, all of them. Morrow, Morrow's uh, name dropped her more than once on right. NXT TV. Also, like, I think that it would be a missed opportunity to not have Cardi and put her in the family and make her like give her like a, a Snoop Dogg role. Honestly, like a lot of the guys that she said that she really liked the the, the men and the women are still around, you know. Yeah, and, and I think that'd be really cool to put her next to them, like a Batista, or put her next to a Triple H or or a Stephanie or something like that, like. That would be a really cool moment that I think would go over a lot of uh, a lot of the, that side of wrestling fandom's head. I agree, and you know what? She loves money, so <laughs> if you throw the bag, she will show up at the WrestleMania or SummerSlam or anything like that. Like it, it, it looks. It's just. It's a good look. Why it's not? a good. It's a great look. It's a great look for someone to say like, "Yo, I mess with." I've messed with a lot of people on there. She 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 name dropped Booker T, Batista, Eddie, Triple H, Edge, Lita, Undertaker, Kane. These are all you know. A lot of them are still active. A lot of them still around. A lot of them can still do things. Kind of maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, why not? Why not get her in on one of those things and have that cool synergy between her and the brand? Yeah. Even if it's just a backstage thing, like. You got to take some pictures. You got to flash it on .com, on social media. Um, that's where Cardi B does all her great work on social media. You got to do that. Boom. You're, you know, I won't say WWE's out the, there, but they are. You also have the offset connection as well. I mean, he he could show up realistically as well. He's he's also a fan. He has so many wrestling references in every one of his songs. He's practically a part of Ric Flair's family at this point. <laughs> exactly. Like, even if it's even if it's him walking Charlotte out to the ring. I thought right. that was a no-brainer for, for, for Mania to have him do Ric Flair drip and walk her out. That would have been fucking fire. Mm. Let me not say that out loud. Maybe cut that or something like that. I don't want them to take my idea. We'll see. <laughs> Just know that we are putting this idea. I mean, yes. I will, maybe I'll cut it. Who knows? Um, let's see. We got some outside of WWE news. Um, AEW's Fighter Fest. Ah, ha, ha. Oh, um, Lord. Where John Moxley will go one on one with Joey Janela, will be free for all Bleacher Report subscribers. Actually, actually speaking of which, uh, before we even touch on that, uh, I watched Dominion. Oh, it, it's on! It's on my fake rundown. Oh, okay, okay. I just oh, want to get AEW out the way because I know you'd rather talk about you know the things like Dominion, that. But yeah. yeah, just you know, Fighter Fest. How, how do you feel about it being free? I felt like their first event should have been free. <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel like Double or Nothing should have been free. This this should have been pay. Yeah, this one should have been the pay one. Um, especially, but you know what? Uh, they got a lot of matches on here. They got Fighter Fest. I'm not sure if it'll be any... It will get the same amount of attention. I mean, quite honestly, the AEW people in your mentions 
who go hard for it, they better keep the same energy once it comes June 29th, to be honest with you. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. They better. <laughs> because I haven't heard a P-Zape. <laughs> uh, I haven't heard well, crap. Not only that, not only that, the card looks really weak. Uh, you have a guy, Jabaley, who is a video game tournament. Uh, he's a video game tournament uh, organizer who is in a match against Michael Nakazawa. And I'm like, if this was any WWE match, it would have been fucking World War Two. Yeah, they they would have fucking hated that shit. But no one's saying anything about that. But you know, whatever, whatever. It is what it is. Um, let, it's, speaking of that, I mean. We got the John Moxley versus Joey Janela. Let's let's transition to New Japan and Dominion and your thoughts on everything that's been happening over the last week or so. Well, before that, I mean, I think after the A show uh, from last week, he won the U.S. title from Juice Robinson. We, I don't know if you spoke on that. I think we did. That, did. I we? think we did. I think we did. Um, if he not, won the US title. if not, he and did. He, he won the US title from Juice Robinson. Uh, had a, had a quick little squash match. Declared himself for the G one uh, on Dominion, which I think is a no brainer. I think that's uh, an amazing add to a, to an already awesome G one uh, field from the talent that they already have now. Uh, and then Shingo Takagi uh, also added his his name to the list, as well as Kenta. Is Kenta. In, he's back in Japan, and he's finally in New Japan for wrestling. He is. Listen, I don't know how he's going to survive all those dates. Like honestly, it's it, it's 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 gonna be massive. I mean, you know, G one is every single day for like twenty one days. Um, I think he'll be fine, man. He's been he seems refreshed. He didn't really wrestle for he hasn't really wrestled in quite a bit. I think he's probably getting back in shape at this point. Um, how, just general, do you feel like Kenta New Japan? Anything promising in this future? Could this be a career revival, or do you kind of feel like uh, maybe he's like waning out? Or he's so he's so old. He'd have to show me. I have to see what he looks like in the G One. To be honest with you, like, I mean, we have the potential to see Moxley and Kenta. You know, I, we have the potential to see Moxley and Shingo, and Moxley and, and Tanahashi, Moxley and Ibushi. Like, we have a, the potential to see a lot of really cool pairings in this G One already. Like, I am really jazzed about it. I'm very excited about it. I think that. Um, you know, more than anything, like if Kenta was to show off and show that he could do it, this is the perfect time to do it with all these people that are that are emerging in uh, in New Japan right now. Um, also, Chris Jericho has thrown his name into the hat, potentially being part of the G1. Had a terrible match with o- Okada. I don't even know how you, it's possible for you to do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he had a really bad match against uh, Kazuchika Okada. Listen to this motorcycle go past really quick. That's okay. That's okay. But but a really, really bad uh, match with Okada there, which I think that the the Osprey, uh, the Osprey match, should have main evented that show. Realistically, mm. I think that was the, the better match. Osprey and Dragon Lee was a really good match. I also really, really uh, fucking enjoyed in a de- devilish way, Naito versus uh, Ibushi, which is one of the most violent matches I've ever seen in my life. I think that those two need to really tone it down next time because I, I really feel like we're going to see another one of these matches in the G1 this year. Mm. When you say violent, what do you mean? Uh, a lot of neck dropping. I don't know if you've seen the spot. Ooh, he, I did. He falls off the apron. Yes, uh, that was one. That was just merely one of them. One of these types of spots during the match. Um, I mean, it, it was just a brutal fucking match. And these two, it, they've been raising the level of violence every single time they've met this year. This was to me very hard to watch, even though I did enjoy the the nuts and bolts of the match was really good. Uh, the technicality of the match was really good, but I just think the violence for me was just a little. 
it was reminding me of of Okada and Shibata at times with the recklessness that they had of their bodies. They they really do need to tone it down. Mm. I think Ibushi signing to New Japan was a great idea, but I think that him trying to kill himself within months of doing that is a terrible idea. But I mean, Dominion, all in all, it was the best uh, New Japan show of the year for me so far. No, yeah. that's always that's always you know that's surprising and also promising. Um, yeah. For things that are happening this year, it seems like you know a lot of people are still interested in wrestling for New Japan and competing in New Japan. So it'll be interesting to see how they kind of move from here, especially as we go into the G1 this summer. Um, can we expect maybe G Show back? Maybe yes, the G Show will be back this year. Uh, I will be watching the G1. Cyrus will be watching the G1. So uh, I, I don't know how this will like interfere with how we do spot callers might actually make it easier for us to do it now, but uh, yeah, we'll both be watching it. All right. Sounds good. So you can expect the G show this summer. You can expect spot callers and maybe, you know, a lot more things uh, that we got coming down the pipeline. Um, We've got, we got, we got a lot of shows coming. Don't don't worry guys. Don't worry. um, Let's talk about the weekly shows from this week and the kind of stinkers that both of them were. Um, I like one more than the other. I think one of these shows this week was probably one of the worst shows they've had in two years. I think both of them were pretty non-spectacular in a lot of ways. Um, let's talk about Monday Night Raw, as we always do when we, you know, we talk about this show. Weird start to me. Uh, I'd say normal start for this for this show. <laughs> Seth- I, think the, I think the SmackDown opening was way way weirder than this. What do you mean? All right. Well, all right. Let's com- let's compare both of these openings. <laughs> Thirty minutes of, of, of Shane McMahon. Uh, I don't even think there's a comparison here. Oh, you yeah, you're right. Um, but then Baron Corbin. Uh, well, you know what? I Ross think Baron. I think that Baron has turned himself into a very capable heel that has cap- capable of having really good multi man matches and very good matches as long as it's with someone who's very good as a character. He doesn't. Do- he does nothing for me. He has not. He has done nothing for me. I appreciate the fact that he gets booze, but that's about where it stops. So I think as a character, the thing is, it's like people are legitimately booing him. Um, yeah. I, th- I think as in terms of how he's operating, yeah, I mean, he's the he's one of the most – he's one of the biggest heels on the roster, I think, because just naturally people just dislike him. And he doesn't have any redeeming qualities. No one likes him. There's nothing anyone likes about him. He just kind of stinks. But – I think overall as a character, like if, if I take a look at this 10 years later down, I'm not going to remember Baron Corbin. I I don't think – and it's not that I'm not going to remember him because it's like, oh, my God. But I'm not going to – like his character does not stick out. His character does not pop off the screen. He, he doesn't have a defining storyline. Like, like, you know a Test? Like you could forget Test, but you, you, you can't forget the, the elbow drop on the chain. You well, can't you know, the, I can't the forget the, mar- the marriage and, you yeah. know. All these other things with with Baron Corbin, he doesn't really have to seem to have that big moment. I mean, his moment is apparently um, retiring Kurt Angle at WrestleMania, but then again, that happened so deep in the show that no one even remembers, and it happened so far into Kurt Angle's career that it was, it was long over before it actually started. Yeah. So it, it, that isn't really kind of a thing. We kind of need that moment for to me to make Baron Corbin kind of work. You kind of need that moment, but you put him too far up, people don't want to see him, and then you throw him too far down, and it's like. People still don't want to see him. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have never expected after NXT that he would be where he's at right now. I'll tell you that much. Like, if you want to talk about success stories, I'll, I'll put him up there with Elias. Like, he's he's way further than I ever thought 
than will you it, have ever been. Well, it continues to, you know, supplement our, our idea that, listen, the WWE roster is completely different and the way Vince McMahon uses guys is completely different from the way Triple H uses guys. Yeah. And to me, Elias and Elias and Baron Corbin have now been molded to that WWE system. Yeah. Whereas on NXT, you your um your character does matter, but at the end of the day, you also have matches to supplement that. And then you also have these programs to supplement that. And really the lifeblood of it is the programs, because if you're not featured on NXT, people kind of forget about you. Yeah. So I, mean, I, I I'd say I'd mean I would even get like I'd even gander to say, like, and a lot of people have said this, and I've, I've kind of, like, fought back on it, like, and I, I hate to make this, like, too super NXT-centric, but it's like, they, they're not really teaching these guys, or a lot of these guys, the bright lights, so to speak. They're not teaching them how to, how to speak to the guys in the back of the room. They're speaking to a specific audience, and that's why I'm, like, calling some of these guys up, or some of these guys and, and women up, or, like, it's, it's, it's really career suicide in a lot of ways, because they're not ready. They're not prepared. Like, I could say that maybe Velveteen could, could do something. Because yeah. he's always been off the wall. But the but yeah, but now that's kind of depends. It's like, okay, how does WWE mold Velveteen? Because to me, his character his character lives, breathes, and thrives on the NXT stage because of the fans and how we appreciate him on NXT. But in terms of how it is in WWE, it may not happen that way. And actually for him appearing and being too popular upon, among his, you know, among his debut, it might be a detriment to him in, in the eyes of many. Yeah, and you know what? That's crazy that you say that because remember how we said a couple of months ago, Alistair's act was always big time. Alistair always felt bigger than NXT to me. He yeah. always felt bigger. And it's weird because it's like the way, he's, the way they're doing him now is working for me because you, I don't want to see Alistair every week. You know what I'm saying? Like I, He shouldn't be wrestling every week. Mm. Like That's why I like the way that they're doing it right now where it's like, okay, it's going to be a big deal when he shows up because all he's been doing is talking shit. And right. I like the character of Alistair right now more than NXT because not only does the, the entrance and, and the look work, but now it's like, yo, I'm a badass. Right. And the way that they're booking him now is like, I've never seen them book anyone like this before where it's just like, yo, he's a badass. He's never lost. Yeah. And, I mean, and I daring people to fight him. He's been beating um, Randy Orton on house shows. So I can't wait to see that match. I'm very excited to see that match. Um, uh, let's see. Thoughts from Monday Night Raw. There's a six six man tag between The Miz, Braun Strowman, Ricochet, Samoa Joe, um, Bobby Lashley, and Baron Corbin. Um, no, no, so, sorry, Bobby Lashley and Cesaro. Sorry, just force a habit. Um, <laughs> very, very enjoyable uh, six man match. I, I thought that they. I mean, this is one of the times where it's like, and, it, and this has to probably go with either who produced it or the guys that are in it. They made Ricochet look really good. I, yeah. I think that they they are starting to get him in a way that they didn't get him before. Mm-hmm. And I think that that shows with, with, with what they do. It's like he should be the guy getting the pinfall. He should be the guy that, that gets the hot tag or, or should be the guy that, that's like working from under because that's the type of character that he is. But he has to work with dynamic talent. I think Cesaro's really, really made him look like a big-time star on Raw. And, and, and you know, I, I was very down on the way that they were booking him before, but I think he, he's fine for right now. I, I wouldn't give up on him yet. Right. Uh, I heard a scary moment for Cesaro in the match. Um, six thirty, right on his knee. Um, yeah, that was just. I, I, did, should he have moved up or or down? Like, I, I don't get how the how Ricochet normally never misses that. Yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm looking at it back now, and um, I don't know. It just felt like it. It may have just been like sort of miss missed a little bit. Use it like Ricochet was a little bit off on that. Right. I don't know. 
it looks like Cesaro was in perfect position. He just kind of landed on the knees. It happens. Um, I mean, he can't see shit until he falls down. Yeah, so <laughs> it it is what it is. He's landing on the knee. He landed on the knee. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think I've heard it's not that it, it may not be completely serious with Cesaro. So we should see him. But he was hobbling out. He was assisted back on Monday Night Raw. So we'll see how that kind of goes. Um, let's see. We had Becky Lynch and Bailey versus Lacey and Alexa. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> How did you feel about the interview? Uh, the Becky Lynch and Lacey Evans interview. I liked it. I liked it. I, I thought it was it, it felt organic to me. Mm-hmm. I thought it was Lacey's best. Uh you know what? Like I, I know you, you feel a way about Lacey and a lot I know a lot of people do. I, I think that they're they're trying a lot with her in a lot of ways that, that they did not try with a lot of other women on this roster. I think they really wanted to work for her. Um, I don't mind her character as much as I used to. I think that she, like, other than that Charlotte match, she really does try. <laughs> right. She, she, she really does try. I, I think she is trying. I think she is improving every single every single match I see her in. I thought that this interview was very, I, I think, you know, honestly, one thing she's not weak at, she's, she's really good on the mic. She's very good on the mic. I think she's good at, <laughs> this is weird. I think she's good at reading what they tell her to read, but it's a uh, character though that she that her character leaves no room for her to, to to improvise whatsoever but it would be i mean to me it's it's those characters that take it to the next level like you know like the like the becky lynch's or the stone cold steve austin's i'm not saying that perfect archetype or anything like that but at the same point it's like you've got to know and breathe your character and you've also got to breathe a little bit more life into it to me yeah. what what she is to me is um her character is best her character, and we talk about the differences between once again WWE and NXT. Her character is fully bred for WWE, absolutely. And, and we've seen this. I feel like we've seen this type before, and this probably won't be the last time we've seen it. And I'm sure they're like, this is how we expect. I'm sure there are like a ton of men writing and saying this is how a woman should sound, um, and and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but I think she needs to. I think there needs to be a little bit more like actual life into it. To me, she mm-hmm. kind of just seems like a vessel for like this character, and she needs to really embody the character. And you know, you know what's 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 funny as well. Like the one tweet, you know, we're talking about like tweaking her character. When the, the tweet to Nikki Cross has made her way better of a character to me. I think she's way more, less one note and more uh, layered as a character now. Right, right. I agree, one hundred percent. And you know. Nikki Cross has had these, you know, these interactions with Alexa Bliss, and she's, you know, next to Alexa Bliss. This is obviously building up to something. Um, I think it's a great move for her, and I think it's great to continue to add to her character. And first of all, she's in NXT. She couldn't speak because her character wouldn't allow her to speak. But this yeah. one, that just the little tweak of it, it's like, okay, she has a human element, but she kind of is also insane. Is like, it's a nice touch. It's like, um, it's kind of like Gold Dust. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Kind of like gold dust. I and I, I really enjoyed uh, Alexa. I enjoyed them explaining the Alexa Nikki Bailey thing, and I enjoy Nikki being put in it. Um, yeah. I, I think that this storyline clogs up way too much of two shows, though. It's it's in both shows, and well, I, I think that it, it drags it down a lot. It's not the only thing that's taking up way too much time on both shows because Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre's Super Showdown celebration. Oh my God, I'm sick of Shane McMahon on both shows. I, I think the Shane McMahon experiment to me is officially over. I don't. It's I mean it's working. <laughs> he's the top heel on the damn show. Like he's the top heel in the company right now. It's insane. I didn't I didn't foresee this after the Miz program. 
but I should have. I think we all should have because we were not thinking that it was going to, you know, grow that big. And it, and it has. And it's almost like they've got people talking about he's going to be the one to be Kofi. Right. Like, that's how bad it's been. And um, please, God, no. Because the thing is, it's setting up so perfectly because Roman hasn't gotten his win back. And that's he's got to get his win back. And how else is he going to get his win back? With against Shane. Right. Like, do you, do you think that, like, Shane, or you think that Roman going into the SmackDown era as the champion is the, is the right decision? Um, no, actually, I don't. I think Roman Reigns continuing to be a player, like, a, a, a top player heading into the new era of SmackDown is, is a great idea. As champion, no. To me, honestly, if it were up to me, I would keep cha- Kofi champion all the way through until the show starts. Like that's just me though. It's just me. I, I would put I would I would put it on Andrade to start. Really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean the L- Latino audience. I agree, but you have the Latino audience anyway. They're gonna be there. Like they're gonna be there. Andrade is there. They're gonna be there either way. I think I think we get to that eventually. But I think the thing is with Kofi Kingston is just doing so well at this point, and he's someone that people naturally get behind. There's no wavering behind. There's no fans that have wavered against Kofi Kingston right now. And I think him heading into them heading into the new SmackDown era, I think he's a great you know, addition to the show. And you have another major superstar that you can prop up. I think it's, a, it's a, it's a, that's what I would do now yeah. in, in, in terms of champions, we got a new champion on Monday night raw and it is the revival winning the D- raw tag team championships from Ryder and Hawkins who we haven't seen in weeks. <laughs> yeah. I, and, and the thing is, it's like, I didn't I talk about this a couple weeks ago that I think they're going to bring them back after super showdown. They're going to, they're going to finally lose the titles. Um, I, I think you go ahead and do Uso's revival, and that, that's when you bring in the Vikings again. I, I think that's really what's going to happen here. Um, I, I think the Vikings work better as faces, and that's why I think that having them against the revival is way better. I think I one, I agree. Two, um, I think they've been circling around this Uso's the revival thing for a while. Yeah. Um, and I think they really need to now that the revival have the tag team championships. I think they really need to like kind of like let it loose and we yeah. get we fully get into it and we fully experience it and all these other different things. Yeah. Um let's see. Is there anything that else happened on Monday Night Raw? Um I Brace Funhouse. Brace Funhouse. I didn't actually pay attention to that. What happened? <laughs> uh, he he killed the rabbit. Oh um, yes. Oh yeah. He killed oh, the yeah. rabbit this week. I I'm still wondering when they're going to debut this guy. I don't know what his program would be. Mm. I, at this point, I don't know on what show or what program he would have. <laughs> I just keep him off the show is what I say. <laughs> your, prediction, your prediction may be true. Like, they might not ever debut this guy. I mean, they should. I mean, on, as a wrestler, you have to wrestle at some point. But I'm just saying, majority, if you have to, if there's someone who's in charge of producing these segments every week and Bray Wyatt only has to show up once a month to record like four or five of them, I'm for it. It is what it is. They're on both shows anyway, which is crazy. But, um, yeah, I'm for it. Um, once again, the most exciting part, well, one of the most exciting part of both shows continues to be the 24-7 championship and how they continu- continue to put themselves in these crazy situations. Our uh, tr- over the weekend, they did the, they did the airplane thing. Oh, right. Yeah. They, they, he, R-Truth he, lost on the, he lost it on the tarmac. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Our truth loses the twenty four seven championship on the tarmac, the most fly shit I've ever seen in my life. Um, then Jinder Mahal once again loses it on an airplane. Um, 
it's just, and and just these situations. Now it's our truth on on Monday Night Raw. He's trying to escape. Blah blah blah. Gets trapped in an elevator. Becomes an incredible, hilarious segment. Let me tell you, which did a lot more for EC3 than I than I've even thought possible. I think EC3 is is making. I know a lot of people are complaining about for some strange reason how EC3 should be way higher in the card than he is. Mm-hmm. I think these segments are doing way more for him than him just beating everyone every week. I think. I agree. Um, I'll say this in terms of sort of the the the, the social capture and the YouTube catcher. Twenty two point seven million views for our truth gets trapped in an elevator. <laughs> two point seven million compare that blows away almost everything else on Monday Night Raw, like completely. Um, I'm I'm trying to see what else if I can capture anything from the the, the airplane ride, but just. This is doing so well just socially, just globally, just all these other things. Once again, 2.9 million views for him losing on to Tarmac. 8.4 million views of R-Truth beating Jinder Mahal on an airplane. 8.4 million in six days. Um, that's crazy. That's, that's like Drake numbers. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's, it's wild. It's, it's not Roddy Rich numbers, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, Roddy Rich out the gate. He, he the <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go. Let's go into SmackDown and wrap this thing up. Um, I thought. Let me just start by saying I thought this was one of the worst SmackDowns in a in a very long time. It's since a ba- 2017. It's a bad streak of SmackDowns. Like the, uh, I said it last week, the wild card rule is ruining SmackDown way more than it's ruining any of these other shows. I agree. They need to end this shit, or at least have a moratorium on this show. Or on, on this wild card thing, I am so sick and tired of, of Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens main events. I'm sick and tired of that shit. It is crazy. First of all, the show started off with Miss TV, with Shane McMahon, with Drew McIntyre, with Elias. So the guys that we've seen all week already, the Miss is on Monday, <laughs> and he's also on on Tuesday. And but also he's on Monday, he's on Monday, but without Cesaro or without Ricochet, Braun Strowman. Right. Like, it makes no sense. <laughs> so they come down. The Miz is, you know, he gets in a segment with Shane McMahon. They have this kind of beef. Props to The Miz for carrying this entire thing. Um, just because I feel like there's not a lot of times where they hint at past feuds and actually, like, continue to do things. Um, we get a gauntlet match for the beginning of SmackDown. A gauntlet match which The Miz does not win. So it's no point. This is all to put over Drew McIntyre. So what was the point of having the Elias match? Um I have maybe 50-50 for The Miz. I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense at all. It doesn't make any sense because the I think the entire premise of this was to put over Drew McIntyre because of his match at Stomping Grounds versus, you know, Roman Reigns. This, this is so 98 or it's 97. Like, this whole storyline is so 97, 98. It's so clear where it's leading to. And I, I just want to know how you're going to feel when it happens and, and it's it's they go after the New Day. I feel like it's going to happen eventually. I, you know... I don't know, man. I really don't know. I really of don't know. all the talent that they have on this fucking show. Do you feel like it'll talent. be Shane McMahon versus Kofi Kingston, or will it be Absolutely. Drew McIntyre versus Kofi Kingston? I feel like it's either... I think I think he's going to beat Drew, and I think he's going to lose to Shane. Hmm. Interesting. Out of all the talent they have on this fucking show, all of the matchups that they could have, Kofi against Alistair, Kofi against Buddy, Kofi against... Nakamura, literally, I've been wanting them to go back to Kofi Nakamura for months now. Yeah, literally, of all the talent they have on this fucking show, they're leading to. I, I, you can tell this shit, Mills. You can tell they're leading to this shit. 
And, you know, like, I, I'm getting very emotionally upset about this. You know, I wasn't the biggest fan about this Kofi shit, but that's not, that shouldn't be the guy. Yeah. It shouldn't be the guy. It shouldn't. I would have, I would have liked Kevin Owens to do it. I would have, hell, I would have liked Daniel Bryan to come back and, and, and do it later on and get his win back. Right. They've, they haven't even gone back to I mean, they, got, they went back to it, but, I mean, I feel as though that feud had a couple more months left to it. <sighs> Terrible. It's just I'm terrible. sorry. I know we're talking no, no, about no. the gauntlet match. No, no, no. It's terrible. It's terrible. We don't have to talk about the gauntlet match. It was not fun. The Miz lost. I'm not happy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I really do think, like, they're the way the Miz is as a face, I, I said this a couple months ago when he turned, he's not as effective as he was as a heel. He's actually used more as a prop than a face than anything. Yep. Yep. Um, which is terrible considering how great of a character he is. You talk about guys who haven't had a, even a chance at the WWE Championship. My man hasn't had the rematch since 2011, bro. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. And considering, like, how prominent of a character and how utilized he is on these shows, he's someone who hasn't even flirted with the main event scene. But that is for another day. Um, we had another great 24-7 title segment. R-Truth gets locked. In a <laughs> in the truck, in the trunk, and he's heading to Monday Night Raw in LA, um, trapped in the trunk all weekend. This is a great way to not take the title off of him or not explain anything over yeah. the next what six days. How the, fuck is he, how the fuck is he locked in a trunk for six days? I'm sure um, he'll lose it. I'm sure he'll lose it. Like they usually do it. What Friday, Saturday? They yeah. usually have him do it. They'll probably lose it on Saturday and win it back on Sunday or something like that, and then. Monday will have a, a big thing. I, I what one thing I I, I really want to see is like if they're gonna give this to like someone serious and mm. then have them like actually like start beating people. Like if I I think honestly, fuck the bullshit. They should give it to Kev, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Ooh, huh? And just have Kevin Owens hold the belt and then have Sami protecting him every time somebody like comes. Like I I think that you put it on someone serious and actually have a, a long term storyline with this that is actually a serious storyline. Yeah, I think so. Would be a great idea. Like, imagine Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn having social media segments <laughs> during the weekend. That'd be great. I think it'd be hilarious, um, especially considering the, how those guys are being used. And and with the 24-7 title, it's really the juggernaut of, of both shows because it is just killing everyone in the in the views and the attention and the social media engagement and everything I mean, look like at, that. Look, at who, look who Kofi's fucking feuding against. Dolph it's like, Ziggler. I thought this was a, I this was Gross. a one-off match. <laughs> Gross. No, I mean I don't think they had time to build up another contender. All these, all of these um stomping ground matches are rematches. It's actually look, look, pretty I mean, sad. They they put all of these belts on all of these faces, and after WrestleMania, they had no fucking heels for any of them to go against. I and I'm, I know again, I'm getting I'm getting frustrated, but it's like you have some of your best faces in a very long time, mm-hmm. and Seth, Becky, and Kofi, and you're doing nothing with them. Like they they have no they have like they have no dance partners whatsoever. It's insane. It's crazy. Um. Also featured on this show, we had Heavy Machinery wins a new set of cardboard championships. The YOLOs. The Yolo County Tag Team Championships. You know what? They deserve it. I, like, <laughs> I, I do like the, the slow build um, of them eventually going against Daniel Bryan and, uh, and Eric Rowan. I, I think that they're doing, again, these are NXT characters that had just one tweak, and they, they work on the main roster. Um, I know you're not a fan, Still but I, I, I do see that they do get a reaction. I mean, they at least get a reaction at the very least. Um, they're on the show a lot more than the Vikings did. I think the last time we saw the Vikings, they were actually starting to get over it, and then they disappear for weeks. Yeah, yeah. I've heard they've been slumming on main event. Yeah. So, um, 
who knows, man? Who knows? Um, what else did we see? Do are you interested in what this Ember Moon Sonya Mandy could be? It's another slow burn. I, I mean, I guess we're saying that it could be Carmella and Ember teaming. Yeah, which isn't the worst thing you could do with Ember with Ember here to reintroduce her to to everyone. I would have really liked to see Ember like try and be like a heel or something like that. That would be really interesting for a character. Mm-hmm. But I like the silent rage type character that they're that they're playing for her, and they're attempting to give her one. Yeah, and that's more than I can say they did for NXT. So I, I'm well, I'm all for whatever they do with her because they she needs it. Well, she was like this like Empress of the Moon type of deal, and now she's like this nerd backstage reading Game Informer and like. <laughs> Like yeah, you know, <laughs> just always, you know, with the pants, like <laughs> that. It's always the jeans. You always got to go to the jeans. Is, you always got to go to the jeans. So you know what? I'm fine with it. If if I think it's another, um, it's another character that we don't get a lot as you know, in terms of women characters, just someone who kind of keeps themselves. Maybe a little bit of an introvert. Maybe someone who's pushed to the level and now has to respond. I think that's a great sort of a. Uh, sort of storyline it's very basic but it's also very good and sonia sonia and mandy are really killing it in this role i have to say i like it um they're a little bit iconic slight if you will uh they're a little iconic slight you know i'm a, I'm a new fan of the iconic so i'm i'm i'm, I'm, I'm oh, not God. A, i'm not a not a fan. listen they take me to chuckle town my friend they are funny hey kayla <laughs> Are you? (laughs) 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 Oh my God. They are funny. They are filling the void of whatever New Day was like in 2018. Yeah. I, I, but I mean, as far as Mandy, Sonya, I think, I mean, you could do worse with what they're doing here. I think reintroducing Ember, there's a lot of women. There were a lot of women on the show on the SmackDown. That's the only redeeming quality that I had, but you also had like, Matches that like don't even really matter. It's like why why beat Nikki here? Like I enjoy Bailey being a face that wins a lot. I think well, Bailey is one of the strongest booked faces also on, on right. you know on any roster. Like she just all she does is win. But um, I I think that again like why beat Nikki here? Why not beat Mandy here? Why not? Um, I think you know what I think the Nikki thing is leading to something that her. It's obviously like a subordinate for Alexa Bliss and maybe her relationship is much more detrimental to her. And I think that's what they're trying to show um, is that her relationship is being detrimental to her because it's kind of, you know, it's kind of what the Alexa Bliss thing that kind of eventually like cost her the match. Maybe she she pokes Bailey a little bit too hard and Bailey kind of goes off. So that's what I think is kind of going on. but it's, I mean, we we were asking for where the hell is Nikki Cross for months, and now and now she's finally here. So I'm not completely mad at it. But once again, I mean, there's so many people that aren't on the show. It's a, uh, it, it's, it's at a, least they at least attempted. Okay, they brought Alistair back, which I think they're I think they're going to go all full speed ahead with the the Randy thing, which yeah. I I can't wait to see. Um, they brought Andrade back, which looks like he's going to have a he's going to have a banger with, of a match with Apollo Cruz. That's that's no doubt about it. Yeah. I like I like that, but the Chad Gable thing was weird considering he was going to show up on 205 Live, which was just odd. Um, and then the, the main event was like a complete house show main event. I was like, I checked out five minutes in, dog. I, oh, yeah, I couldn't yeah. do it. No, nah, it was it was 100% a house show. Even the body language was house showy. Like, it's a, they were having a little bit of fun. They were, I mean, don't get me wrong. To me, it was a great six-man tag. And New Day are great in the ring. It's great to see Big E back. Um, it's great, you know, just to kind of see everyone competing but once again yeah it's a very smackdowny main event and it's not 
the kind of main event that we got in maybe like the late 2016 era where we were getting the John Cena versus AJ Styles and John Cena versus Nakamura or Randy Orton versus Nakamura. It is, or It's clear that these shows miss Road Dog. I'm going to keep it 100. Mm. These shows miss Road Dog. He couldn't, he, he couldn't take it. He said, wild card? What are we doing anymore? Love what it we- or hate it. Love him or hate him. I know a lot of decisions that he made people really didn't like. I've seen it firsthand, man. Road Dog is he was the glue for that show, dog. Like he really made a lot of the shit that was happening on that show during his formative years happen. And this, right. this, SmackDown really misses him in this role. I agree. Terribly. I agree. But I agree. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't watch the main event for SmackDown. I thought SmackDown was a big a big fat fail for me this week. I did not like the show. Yeah, I didn't see much people tweeting about it, which is usually a telltale sign that it's really, really bad. Um, Monday Night Raw also got record low viewership. It was going against the NBA Finals. Um, we expected that it was it was potentially the last game for the Warriors, and then it wasn't. Yeah, and then it ended up being like a really great game. So yeah, I actually watched thing. that overall. <laughs> yeah, and then like the KD thing happened, and it was like that that took up most of the timeline. I I was just, I don't even bother tweeting about Raw. Yeah, yeah. At this point, um, that is this week in professional wrestling. It's not a lot, but we are in the summer slump. Um, I mean, next uh, next Sunday we have a we have a pay per view. So uh, next week we'll be predicting stomping grounds on, on the episode so uh yeah i mean definitely tune in for that it's going to be a very interesting prediction show <laughs> yeah to say the least stomping grounds yeah. the one about boots um bring back lugs for this yeah lugs i mean who's the sponsor for this can't be lugs um it's not lugs it's definitely not lugs definitely not birdman lugs um boot of the week um <laughs> yeah man is there any final any final thoughts on how things are going in professional wrestling right now uh, I, I think WWE is in a, in a – I don't envy their position. I, I completely understand the position. They're going through a lot of transition, a lot of change, a lot of people leaving. There is a lot of challenge on, you know, on the horizon for them. I don't know what it is about – I don't know why they're taking their foot off the gas right now. I have no clue why they're taking their foot off the gas. Like, I, I have no godly explanation for it because NXT is as good as it's ever been right now. It I is, think. I think, an, uh, just – it's so weird, and I think I don't know if they're in a in a shift with creative where they're not fully understanding what's going on. But it is the worst it's ever been, and I feel like every year we continue to say like they've hit this wall and it's not good, and these shows are not good. Um, but this, this is the year, wall. this is this is the wall, and this is like to me just is not as creatively gripping as it could be. It's not as Really, the only creative thing is the twenty four seven title, and really, you just got to copy and paste all those hardcore title storylines that you know Bruce Pritchard probably brought back from his binder. Um, but to me, it's just there's so much missing. There's so much development missing. There's so many superstars missing that people want to cheer for. There's not enough diversity on who's the actual shows itself, and I'm not talking about diversity as race, but in terms of diversity as characters, we don't yeah. really we don't really get you know, we get the same people on both shows. So why would I want to watch both shows if I'm going to see both people on, you know, if I'm going to see the same people on both shows? We, listen, listen, we like the brand split. I like the brand split. Same. Same. I like the fucking brand split. Keep the fucking brand split. What are y'all doing? What like, are you... I don't, like, granted, I don't see this lasting past fall because they got to push Survivor Series somehow. But it's like, keep the fucking brand split. What are y'all doing? Like, I don't get it. Like we, we watch these shows every single week, and it's like I, I know like a lot of people are as low as they as they've been on the product as, as possible. And you know, on this show ourselves, we try and be a little more positive about it. But it's like, come on! Like I'm yeah. watching Raw, and I'm like, 
Who who do I, who am I rooting for here? Who right. do I root for here? Seth Rollins doesn't even have a good heel to go against for me to cheer for him for. It's Baron, Baron Corbin. Corbin. Oh my God, gross. Dolph Ziggler. This is the 2019. First of all, this Baron Corbin. It's Dolph Ziggler contending for the WWE Championship in 2019. And the we're almost at the end of a decade, bro. Like, come on, and, Let's, and not Andrade, and not Finn Balor, and not any of these people that actually fucking matter on these right. shows. It's like you. I and I say this, and, and I keep repeating. It's like. Why does the wild card matter for SmackDown? It shouldn't matter for SmackDown. It should be building up SmackDown people that don't get on the show that much. Right. Buddy Murphy hasn't been seen. Why has been seen? And nowhere. <laughs> Bruh. It's so crazy. It's so crazy, man. It, it, it really, really is. Um, we'll be back next week to talk about all this good stuff. Um, yeah, for sure. Pl- Please stay subscribed to RNC Radio Live on Twitter. Um, you can stay subscribed to the A Show feed. Make sure you search on iTunes and Spotify and Google Play. Make sure you search the A Show RNC if you want to stay subscribed to whatever we got talking about. We had a great show last week on the Decade Show um, regarding just everything that's happened over the last decade. It's still a good listen. If you need some extra content, I advise everyone who hasn't listened to it yet, please subscribe. At it. Well, I, well, I'll bring it back up. I bring it back up on the feed. Everybody listen, listen to it. We'll, we'll bring it back up. Um, and listen to everything else this week. We've got our RSPN as we're in the midst of the NBA Finals. We have the lookout that dropped this week. Late fees that dropped earlier. Um, what else? No, actually, late fees drops this week. Actually, never mind. Late, late, late fees drops this week. It's the John uh, John Singleton episode with Josh Pease drops uh, this Friday. Boom, and boom. Uh, we have the RNC radio episode with myself and Josh Pease that dropped a couple days ago. Also talking about RNC decade as well as Cameron and the diplomats. This is probably one of my favorite episodes we've done. Probably one of the funniest episodes we've done also. Uh, so check that out as well. Um, we have so many different things. All you got to do is stay subscribed and stay tuned. Um, follow RNC radio on Instagram as well. Um, yeah, we're just doing all our shout outs, man. Thank you. Thank you guys for supporting. Thank you guys for sharing. If you have any thoughts about anything going on in the show, feel free to hit us up in the comments. Feel free to hit us up on Twitter. Feel free to hit us up anywhere. Um, yeah, I think we should just yeah, mosey absolutely. on out of here. So for for this week, for Meals, I'm Justin. Thank you for listening. We'll see you guys next week. My champion is still black. Peace. For now. For now. No, it's it's still black. All right. Peace.